I would like to say something about pornography, or as we call it in the United States, smut. There have been many cases in the American courts recently about this very problem. Uh, the United States Supreme Court, for example, has decided that a book or a film can be banned if it arouses the prurient interests of the average person. Now, prurient, I looked that up. It means having itching, morbid, or lewd and lascivious desires. Now, surely that describes all of us here tonight. As we wind down into the close of the year, dumpster fire of a year, a couple of quick housekeeping things. Number one, um, thanks to iTunes and the way they do things, I have to reset the XML file in January. So if there's any of the shows that you want to download, you'll need to do that before the end of the year. If you don't do that, you'll have to get them from the website possiblylive.com or the davebowmanshow.com. They'll still be there. And of course, they'll still be on YouTube. So you can get them there. But if you're one of those people that likes to download them, and I appreciate you more than you will ever know, um, you're going to have to get them before the end of the year because Apple has limits on how many files you can have in your XML file that it will show. So there you go. Way back in 2013, I, I told you yesterday that... I didn't really want to talk about Robert Kraft. That wasn't the whole idea. But the story that got me to the Robert Kraft thing was this story, combined with another story that we'll cover tomorrow. Um, way back in 2013, the Obama administration hit upon an idea. Now, the idea was there are businesses out there doing things that we do not like, that we consider to be fraudulent. And maybe they are. Specifically, they were looking at payday loan industries, or as they're referred to as PDLs, because you can't have anything that doesn't have an acronym these days. And these PDLs were seen as predatory and dangerous. But nobody knew what to do about them. It seemed like one of those regulatory problems. And because Congress was, by that point, split, um, it wasn't likely that the, the Democrats were able, gonna, gonna be able to get any meaningful legislation to regulate the payday loan industry. So the Obama administration hit on an idea. And that idea was, well, it became known as Operation Choke Point. It actually happened, you can go look it up yourself. And the idea here was to use the Consumer Protection Board not Congress, not the Department of Justice, a unaccountable appointed board to lean on these businesses, except that they decided that they weren't going to lean on the actual businesses themselves. Stay with me here. Instead of leaning on the PDLs, payday loan companies, they instead went after their banks. If you continue to accept, we think that this money is laundered. We think this money is dirty. We think this money is being obtained at high usury, predatory loans. And if you banks continue to accept their deposits, cash their checks, handle their finances for them, we will subject you, we'll assume that you're helping them. And so we will, we will subject you to increased audit scrutiny increased pressure and the likes of that. 
just let it rattle around in your head for just a moment or two. Now, had this been limited to just PDLs, I don't know that anybody would have even noticed. I really don't. I, I tried to use a PDL once 30 years ago. I walked into the place and it was quickly evident to me that I was better off not eating for a couple of days than, than trying to deal with these people. And so I didn't. But it's a business like any other. Had it just been limited to those, I think probably nobody would have noticed or even cared. But government being what it is, and progressives being what they are, they saw other opportunities to go after not just PDLs, but businesses of which they disapproved. Tobacco companies, gun sales, anything else you can possibly name that the government and the guys of the Obama administration decided that they didn't like, they went after in Operation Choke Point. And to at least some degree, they were pretty successful in putting businesses that they did not like or approve of out of business simply by leaning on their banks to not accept their money, not process payments. Two years after this, the city of Chicago became obsessed with the idea of shutting down a website of which they disapproved. Now again, not here to make moralistic judgments about the website itself, Backpage.com. I never used it, never even visited it, so it's really irrelevant to me, except that the city of Chicago assembly, essentially used the same tactic going after the people who managed Backpage's finances to refuse to allow them to conduct their business. Now, there were some other problems, of course, with Backpage. It was, in fact, uh, you know, criminally engaged in some criminal activities and the likes of that. But instead of going after those things, which they would have had to prove in court, instead of bringing charges that they would then have to defend and, and make work, they just simply put them out of business by going after her bank. And it worked. This created a great deal of hue and cry and, and outrage because it was clear by this point that Operation Choke Point was hurting legitimate businesses. It was, it was actually going after businesses that had done nothing wrong other than the businesses of which the Obama administration found disfavored. And so it was clear that there was going to be a constitutional problem here if this continued. And so the Obama administration in 2017 officially ended <laughs> Operation Choke Point, early 2017, before the administration turned over. So we still don't have an actual answer to the question. Is this legit? Does this sound legit? I mean, does it sound like something that you're okay with? If the government just decides that they don't like your business, they can simply lean on your customers and put you out of business. Does that sound like something that the government should be in the business of doing? And even if it is the government doing it, shouldn't it be the Department of Justice or Congress passing a law? rather than simply an appointed, unaccountable political hack apparatchik board 
that is conducting all of this business? That's the question that you end up asking yourself. Now, fast forward a few years, and we have a situation again where there is a business, a website, that is disfavored. Not by the administration. The Trump administration has expressed, in my, to my knowledge, no particular pro or anti-position of it whatsoever. There is no government entity's official position on this website, which, to my knowledge, again, not a website I go to, it's not a website I'm involved with, a website I really care all that deeply about, except that there's this First Amendment thingy, which says that even if I don't like the speech, it's protected. But it has been determined that this particular website is disfavored. And so yesterday, I guess it wasn't yesterday, it was yesterday when I was getting ready for the story, it's now five days ago uh, that I first read the story, Visa and MasterCard have announced that they will stop allowing their cards to be used on the Pornhub website. They will no longer allow payments to be processed that deal with Pornhub. Now, I'll be honest with you, it was my understanding, and again, I don't have any first-hand knowledge of this, but it was my understanding that Pornhub was free. Maybe some of you can fill me in on that. It was my understanding it was free. So I'm not really clear on exactly what you would be paying for, except that I have a little bit of experience with, with OnlyFans because of the Bella Thorne story a few months ago. And it seems like there are consenting adults there that, hey, they're making a living. I read a story the other day about some of these women who are worried because these places are shutting them down like this. And this is how they've been surviving the pandemic is they've gone essentially into the private porn business. Hey, send me a tip, quote unquote, and I'll send you a picture or send me a big tip and I'll send you a, a video. Or one of the girls in the article was talking about uh, her wish list on Amazon. They have wish lists where you can go look at the wish lists and I have a wish list on Amazon. I assure you there's nothing weird on it, but, uh, but apparently you can uh, buy them things and they'll demonstrate them for you, whatever. All this is consenting adults. All this is seemingly to me protected by the First Amendment. The fact that I don't want to participate in it is... My choice. I don't want to participate in it, but I'm not at the point where I'm going to go around shutting other people down because of it. Morally, I might find it repugnant. I might find it irritant, and I might find it disgusting, and I might find it rude and crude and inappropriate and all those kinds of things, but I'm also a historian, so I know that, well, the oldest profession in the world, right? And many people have long believed that it's the strongest drive in the world. Not, but many people have believed that. You, you find yourself in this situation now where Pornhub is being told by Visa and MasterCard, you can't pay for things. So I assume that this is uh, self-produced stuff that, that, that they, you know, you pay the, the person in, involved with to do whatever. And as long as it's, you know, legal, 
I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, snuff films or anything like that, uh, as long as it's legal or, or child pornography or whatever, as long as it's legal, it's two consenting adults making an arrangement. And hitherto that has been fine. What's particularly disturbing about this particular case, however, is it's no longer the government. It's no longer the Department of Justice, Congress, or even the Consumer Resources Board invented by, you know, what's her name? Elizabeth, uh, <laughs> I can't think of her name now, Pocahontas. You know, the, you know the gal, Warren, Elizabeth Warren. It, it's, it's not even that now. This entire thing was brought about by an op-ed in the New York Times. A New York Times op-ed writer has decided that Pornhub is disfavored because without any evidence, without any charges, without any investigations, he has decided that everything on this site is illegal, sex trafficking, it's rape fantasies, it's whatever. And, and he finds this both morally repugnant and, quote unquote, illegal. Keep in mind, he is not the government. He is not a law enforcement agency. He is an opinion columnist for the New York Times. And he wrote an opinion saying he, Visa and MasterCard should just choke this off. They should just stop this. Visa and MasterCard, instead of reacting to that, which the way they should have, which was been, look, if, if you have evidence of wrongdoing, there's, there's a Department of Justice you know, office right down the hallway there. There's a, there's a sheriff's office over there, there's a police office over there. Um, you know, New York is full of those kinds of things. You should go talk to them, show them your evidence, and, you know, we're perfectly willing to cooperate with law enforcement. It's not what happened. Visa and MasterCard, after their own investigations, whatever the hell that means, decided that there was, in fact, illegal stuff going on here, and therefore they were no longer going to process payments on Pornhub. Now look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I, I get it, it's a private business, they can do what they want, except that they're doing a private business in public tender, right? I mean, there's a very fine line here between things. And to this point, no one has shown that anybody is doing anything illegal. Hmm. Untoward, I suppose, perhaps. Uh, not, you know, my bag, perhaps not, uh, not something you, uh, you participate in yourself, or maybe you do. I don't know. I'm not judging by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm saying is the New York Times has now colluded with MasterCard and Visa to essentially choke out a business that hitherto was operating perfectly normally and perfectly legally. If there was any actual illegalities going on. There was no law enforcement investigation. There was none of that. And this is what concerns me. This, this scares the living crap out of me. It's bad enough we got to worry about government squashing our rights here on Bill of Rights Day. Now we've got the New York Times deciding that what it has decided, the New York Times, folks, all the news that's fit to print, right? <laughs> the New York Times has decided that it's Moral compass has the vapors. 
and they've got to do something. And so they leaned on Visa and MasterCard to, to lean on Pornhub, and now you can't use your Visa or MasterCard on Pornhub. That seemed weird to anybody else. That seemed like a whole lot of busybodies sticking their noses in where they don't belong. If there was, in fact, illegal trafficking going on, and if, in fact, the New York Times editorial editorializer has evidence of that, didn't he have a responsibility to tell law enforcement instead of MasterCard and Visa? Just a question that I'm left with, and it makes me very nervous. It makes me very oogie that my local hometown newspaper could decide that what I'm saying is unfavored and decide to lean on the people that do business with me and go, why are you doing business with him? And literally put me out of business on their own high horse because they've decided that, well, we gotta do something and we're not gonna go, we're not gonna go to the police. What is this, Las Vegas? Albert Camus, Nobel Laureate in Literature, 1957, said this, the welfare of humanity is always the alibi of tyrants. What we've got to realize is tyrants come in a lot more forms than just government. Now, we're going to have to watch out for some of those tyrants in media, aren't we?